Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. So forever, not forever, for a long time. Uh Uh-oh, here we go. I have been using this just kind of a parallel analogy, you know, whatever we want to call it, to d- describe value investing to investors. Uh-huh. You know, the idea that 96% of 20-year periods value stocks outperform growth stocks historically going back to 1926. And, you know, so we look at every rolling 20-year period. So, you know, 1926 to 1945, 1927 to 46, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, even months, you can even break it down into months. of those 20-year periods, value stocks do better. And then I explain what's going on here. Well, what's a value company? Company is more distressed company and blah, 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 blah. And then I say, well, the way to understand this is, you know, you drive around town and you see this, we buy ugly houses, these billboards, right? (laughs) And, you know, the idea being that an ugly house is riskier to buy than a pretty house. Yeah. And because you don't know what you're going to get into, you, you may have like mold behind the sheetrock or, you know, whatever. It could be anything going on. Bees, raccoons. Yeah. Or, you know, it's built on a sinkhole or, you know, it's it's always that. And <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's, it's, so it's used car sales, too. You think about this. Maybe I'll right. just switch to used car sales. They both you know, because, work. Because they both work because the idea behind used cars is the person that currently owns the car, there is an information uh, their disadvantage that you have as the buyer of the used, used car. Yeah. You don't know what the flaws of that car are, the problems, and that, you know, every once in a while you hear a little ping in the engine as you're driving down the road, and you don't pick that up in the test drive or whatever. But the idea being there's this information disadvantage that you have as the buyer. So, therefore, what we know about research on used car sales, that is typically why the price drops more than you would think once you drive something off the lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's pretty significant. It used to be like 30%. I don't know that it's that much anymore, but it used to be 30% drop in the price of a car once you drove it off the lot if you tried to resell the thing. So anyway, use this whole thing about we buy ugly houses. Mm -hmm. And I always, you know, but they had this article that showed up. I don't even know how I found this. It was this place. These people are, they're kind of looking into consumer abuse. Oh, uh-huh. ProPublica, that is what their deal is, is looking for consumer, consumer abuse. And they said, Homevestors of America, the self-proclaimed largest home buyer in the U.S., trains its nearly 1,150 franchisees to zero, zero in on homeowners' desperation, is what the title of the article is. And what they're basically doing is we buy ugly houses. They're, they're going into that. But the idea is, you know, people say, hey, you know, I wonder what I could get as an estimate of my value of the home. And what happens, the, uh, the woman answers the phone. says, my hub- husband's gone, she says. So it's just me now. And this guy runs this business with three of his brothers, had developed a reputation among other franchisees in the area as a hard closer. So he's getting these leads on people that might want to sell their house or or thinking about it. And what happens, this lady's house is paid off. And what happens, he comes in with a lowball offer because she's not worried about paying off a mortgage, Mm -hmm. you know, so 
you know, don't have to worry about giving her enough so that she can at least pay off the mortgage. It was anything goes. And what happens is he calculates the profit he wants to make and comes in and says, hey, here's what we want to do. And this lady, who was once a skilled bookkeeper, president of a local woman's club, has now has dementia. And, mm. and, and here's, you know, she's basically dealing with this neurological assessment. And she is unable to say what city she's even in. Or even she mistakes her adult son for his uncle. And I mean, this lady's in kind of sad shape. And this person comes in and says, well, you know, and HomeFesters cautions its franchisees never to take advantage of sellers who are unable to understand negotiations. But by the time he left that evening, Evans had had a contract to buy the house for roughly two-thirds of its value. And it was signed in this lady's shaky script. Weeks passed, her family learns of it. Mm. And then she's, they say, hey, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. And what ends up happening is they take her to court and they're trying to fight taking this sale off the table is really when you get into the whole article. But the idea being here, you know, so how often we hear these types of things, mm -hmm. these types of ways of, of moving property. And I just think it's sad that this happens to people, but this is something that I've talked about many times on the show. You know, when it really gets down to it, that is why it's so important when you're dealing with a financial person that they have to be held to a fiduciary standard, but not just a regular old fiduciary standard. Because you'll hear companies say that we're a fiduciary, blah, blah, blah. They're able to take the hat off and go and sell you right. whatever they want, whatever annuity that they want. They've got to be held to a higher standard. Yeah. You know, because what ends up happening is as you get older, your abilities start to wane. I don't mm -hmm. care who you are. Your mental capabilities, you know, for fluid intelligence start dropping off at age 45. It's not even that old. You know, That's when it really gets young, down to it, actually. it's very young. And what ends up happening is that you may fall for something you wouldn't have fallen for when right. you're in your early, you know, in your 30s or your 40s or, or whatever. Yeah. And so often what we're seeing here in this particular instance is these people aren't fiduciaries. You know, with these homes. Oh, heavens no. These people are not even regulated. And that's, you know, that's a great point, Ira. You know, the, the regulation the, is very, very lax. Yeah, you know, it's like the regulation we have being a federally registered RIA or state registered RIA mm -hmm. uh, as an insurance agent. I mean, we, we don't sell insurance, but we all sold insurance at one point in our lives. Uh, we had a lot of regulation, a lot of scrutiny, a lot of compliance. But it was a lot weaker on the insurance side, though. Right. That's A correct. lot weaker. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and I remember you know talking with some people that couldn't weren't licensed to sell investments and selling insurance products as if they were investments. Right, 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 and and trying to avoid being regulated in the securities realm. Yeah, you know, so, with, with the insurance yeah. products. You had right. you had sent us this article this morning, and mm -hmm. it was quite a lengthy article. I mean, the the title of the article was very interesting: the ugly truth mm -hmm. behind we buy ugly houses. Yeah. And as I was reading this, I just kept thinking about all the people that come into my office that I see that have bought annuities that don't really understand what, what they, they bought. Mm -hmm. And now 
at some level, it's just too difficult to get out of. And it's too, and, and, and to some extent, it's too late now. And, right. and Evan and I were talking about this the other day, and he goes, you know, there are some things that they can do. So if you've got one and you're sitting there going, I'm stuck, there are some things, but they're very limited. Right. But there are some things. Yeah. Yeah. So but, I think that's a- But even the way they're sold yeah. and what people actually are thinking, you know, like you talked about in the article, that how they'll scare people and tell them, well, you've got to do all this work mm-hmm. or the government can come in and condemn your property. Right. And how they just play on the fear. It, and then- What with, a great point. I'm glad you brought that you up. You know, with the investors yeah. that do get older and they realize, you know what, I'm retired. I can't afford to lose it. The advisors are playing on the fear of yeah. the investor or yeah. the yeah. greed by talking about- Stock market returns with no risk. Right. And this is the importance, again, of coaching. That's, that's excellent Why point. people need to be educated. Yeah. Not how to do it, but just the signs of what to look for. Yeah, watch out for so, your emotions being manipulated. Right, so they don't, right. So they can't be manipulated yeah. with their emotions. And, and that's exactly, yeah, Matt and I were talking about that. Uh, Matt Murphy and I were talking about that as, as well when I was on there with him. It's just a manipulation and with the cycle, the investor's dilemma that people go through. Hey folks, I want to tell you something I'm really excited about. My new book, Confident Financial Planning, is finally out. It's in paperback, hardcover, Kindle version, and I actually have an audiobook version of it. Uh, It talks about building your financial castle. I use that throughout the book, talking about your investments, your financial plan is kind of like a castle. You have your savings and your emergency funds. I talk about that, debt, good debt, bad debt. Talk about special goal funds and how to set those things up and how to invest for those types of special things that you might want to do in the future. Types of retirement accounts, different types of taxation of investment accounts. Talk about real estate investing and pros and cons of that, how to project retirement assets and your moat. You know, that's how you protect your castle. It's the risk management aspect of a financial plan. You want to find out more about that? You go to paulwinkler.com forward slash book to get it and uh hope you enjoy evan you had something i was like looking over over your shoulder what is that yeah it's a uh article i picked up from bloomberg and the title is young americans uh-huh. struggle to hit adult milestones okay the milestones that's supposed to mean so, so previous previous generation i'm assuming uh yet well or, 1980 or gen- yeah so okay oh, okay i'm good so, and it's a Pew study finds lower percentage of 25-year-olds uh-huh. live on their own, right, compared to 1980. It's taking young Americans longer to move out and get married these days. Mm-hmm. And I'll point out the really interesting stat when we get there. In 2021, right, 68% uh-huh. of 25-year-olds were living outside their parents' home. 22% were give, give, married. Give, 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 no, give me that again, that, that stat again. In 2021. 2021. So like, right. All right. Middle of COVID. All right. All right. Sixty-eight percent of twenty-five-year-olds uh-huh. were living outside their parents' home. Okay. Twenty-two percent were married. Uh huh. And seventeen percent had a child. Okay. In nineteen eighty, eighty-four percent were living on their own. Sixty-three percent were married, mm-hmm. and thirty-nine percent had a child. Wow. So in that you That's know roughly forty-year period. You know, that's about a 25% drop of people living on their own, but it was a huge percentage of people that were married in 80 versus married in 2021. Yeah. 
and having children. It's about a you know about a hundred percent difference if you're looking at the numbers that way. Sure. The issues facing the millennial generation, defined by Pew as people born between 1981 and 96, have been well documented. Mm-hmm. Student loan debt, soaring housing costs, and an economy battered by the pandemic and other economic disruptions disruptions, excuse me, have hampered the finances of many young Americans. So wait, wait, wait. So, so they said 1980, which is interesting because housing was a huge issue in 1980 because of the interest, interest rates, rates being 15%. So right. why is a 6% interest rate so much worse than a 15% interest rate? Tongue in cheek. Right. Well, here's, here's there's what- more than, There's more to it than that. Here's what jumped out at me. Yeah. Overall, the situation isn't so bleak. Pew found that 60% of 25-year-olds were financially independent in 2021. Mm-hmm. How, was, what percentage? 60? 60%. And 60%. in 1980, it was 63%. So you have almost the same percentage that is of financially independent 25-year-olds. Yeah. But the home ownership and the marriage and the child, the children issue was dramatically different. And I, wonder, I just found I that how really they telling. Financially independent, because if you're living in your parents' house, I mean, how do you determine that you're financially independent? Because we don't know how you do if you were outside the house. I, don't, you, I was going to ask the same thing. Yeah that's, yeah, that's fascinating. Well, you know, I think that, there, you know, if you look at the research, which I have regarding this, a lot of it, it comes down to not necessarily the factors that they talk about there in the Pew Research study, so mm-hmm. much as it is the level of complexity in life. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the brain research, how our brain handles that level of complexity, it's actually creating a longer time for maturation. So, so you look at the animal kingdom, so to speak, how fast an animal can go from being <laughs> under mama's care right, yes. to being independent, right? It's pretty quick versus a human. <laughs> Gorillas aren't comparing interest rates. Right, why? (laughs) Hey, so so why is this tree is 18% per year? So why is this so much longer for for people, for humans? Of course, it's our level of complexity. And what's happening is you take that to the next step. Now we have more complexity in life in general because of how fast the world is changing and how technology is creating complexities for younger people. Mm -hmm. And then you look at, not only that, but you look at just the internet age and, and how much of our way of communicating with each other and the cultural changes that have come about regarding how people deal with each other because of technology changes, you know, right. Facebook and, and, and Instagram and, and, you know, you know, TikTok for, you know, and then you go, wow, people are dependent for longer. And a lot of it's because of, I think, and it's essentially, I was having a conversation with my son about this. And he was talking about he was talking about this video out there mm-hmm. that it was a, a young ladies, and it was talking about what they demanded of their future husband, <laughs> right? And it was he's got to be like six foot four, and he's got to be <laughs> you know he's got to be ripped, he's got to be Nick's nodding his head yes, I'm really and, close. And here. He's got to make two hundred thousand dollars a year, you know, and you know twenty five year old, yeah, right, okay, but the, the point was I said, well, that may be an outlier. I said, because that's what attracts people's attention is outliers, right? Right. But younger guys, Mm -hmm. and this was the conversation, younger guys are really thinking that young women, that's that's really what they exact out of a person. And the reason 
that it's like, oh my gosh, I better live with mom and dad for a while longer because I've got to get to the point where I'm actually going to be attractive to the opposite. And, and you know, it's funny because I have conversations with young guys and they go, women terrify me. <laughs> and I thought that was fascinating. You've got to stay home till you're 6'4". Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you this. I came in full throttle. I didn't give a I didn't care. Oh, it was only you know, one woman Leviticus that I really is sitting there going, Yeah, this is me, man. I'm I'm grade, trying to grow. Sweetheart. So that's so the only woman I wanted to marry at the age of twenty. But after that, I didn't care about I need to be six four. I'm a healthy five okay, five ten. Whatever. But, <laughs> but you know, here, but the thing is, is that it's fascinating that, you know, that yeah. is one of the things that's causing these changes. And then what's happening is women are, are you know, they're, you know, it, it's age 25. We know from the research for women that they actually, that their, their brain is fully connected. And for guys, it's age 27. What? Uh, when so did that change? It, it, or fifty-seven? It, it's uh, it's twenty. It is. That's that didn't. I thought it was always twenty-five. Well, that's typically what happens. People just give you the one number because it's easier for humans to remember one number okay. than two. But uh, twenty-seven for guys. So as a result, what's happening is women start to get that biological clock going, and it's usually in their late thirties. And it's also part of it is what has happened is because there the pressure is what they're finding in the research the pressure to actually be independent themselves. And because- For women, you mean? Yeah, because historically it was, guy was the breadwinner, you know, that was kind of what the deal was. And now it's, no, women are every bit as capable. And it's a good thing that women are entering the workforce because a lot of times the types of jobs out there that are are available, um, the guys aren't necessarily wanting to do. And the the women are overwhelmingly graduating from college at at a higher rate. But it's so that's why people are saying, hey, you know, as a country, what we might have to do is what some other countries are doing is, you know, have provide childcare or something like that, because it, and it's so complex. It, it's so complex. Do we do we provide more childcare? Do we help them more with this? And, you know, because the reality is of, you know, going back to the way it used to be is I don't I just don't think it's realistic to, to look at that. But what's happening is that women are getting older they're getting in the 40s and they're going, ah, you know, if I'm going to have kids, I better have it now. And then you don't get to have eight kids anymore when you're starting at age 40. So I think it's way more complex than anything we ever see here. I don't know, Paul. I started at age 26 and I didn't want eight kids. Well, you know, not you. But you, and the reality of it is it's a different you. <laughs> you're still in a different generation than, than the people that were growing up in the 40s. Oh, than our parents. You know, yeah, than our parents. Oh, yeah. You know, so uh, we had the cross the street neighbor had five, and when, and we my my family was three, but I'm one of four. That's way the heck over what the average American family wants right now. You know, it's like one point two or something like it. If you can have point two of a kid, all right, I'm above average. I'm above average. Oh, you've always well, been I above average. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not six four. <laughs> that's right, or ripped. <laughs> but one, out, uh, one out of three. But you look at uh, yeah, but, <laughs> but you look at what is actually creating this change in, in culture, and that's a lot of it. And so, a lot of people are talking about this is why immigration, you know. And, and there yes. was there was a really interesting article about from the Economist about our view of immigration in America is starting to uh, starting to sway to the rest of the world because we're recognizing that if you look at Japan and if you look at China, 
I mean, look at the most it's, recent data on China. It's replacing our birth rate. Yeah. It, it really is. Yeah. And, and we can say that, gosh, we don't need that. We don't want that. And you go, well, wait a minute. What do we do? You know, do we look like Japan? You know, China, when they came back from the COVID and they opened up, everybody said, oh, China's economy is going to take off. Well, this week, the data has come out. And Chinese economy is not growing nearly what they thought it was going to grow. Yeah. Not, not nearly what it, they thought it was going to grow. And it's kind of... Are you saying central planning doesn't perform as well as unbridled capitalism, Paul? I, you know, I think. <laughs> I, I, I think, you know, and, and you know, that is the, the reality of things. But, uh, but you look at it and go, so, so what do we do about, you know, women wanting to have more kids? And I don't know. That's above my pay grade. I'm not going there. I have no clue. But it is, that's what, that's just my commentary on yeah. what the issue is. If, you, if you're saying what's going on here, why is it that they're not hitting the metrics sooner? That is a big reason they're not hitting the metrics sooner. They're not wanting to own homes as, as much as the previous generations. So they're renting now, but that may change. You know, that may totally change. Right. You know, this, these things go through cycles. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. If you want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there, and if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more competent investors, and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., PWI, an investment advisor registered in the state of Tennessee. PWI does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation. This information is provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any securities.